Welcome to Seizure Salad, Fuster Cluck Epilepticus. A salty, slightly cynical conversation about epilepsy, neurological disorders, and occasional random tangents. Together, we explore the synaptic jolts that short-circuit one's world and the mental and emotional fallout that comes from them. And if that sounds heavy, don't worry. We don't take ourselves too seriously. And now, Seizure Salad with your host and electrostatic meat sack, Micah B. Sai. Thanks for tuning in. To Seizure Salad, Fuster Clock, Epilepticus. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm your host, Electrostatic Meat Sack and Lab Rat. It's Mike B side. Uh, let's change the Lab Rat to um, Cyborg in the Making. How about, yeah, yeah. I've got a, a return guest today. Had a great conversation with her and actually delved into a little bit of therapy as well. Uh, it's Rachel Duncan, art therapist, emotional, uh, mental health counselor, and grief counselor as well. Uh, that's just, to name a few things, budding singer and uh, yeah, what else can I say? How you doing today, Rachel? All sorts of stuff. All, All sorts, sorts of stuff. stuff. Micah, the assimilation is nearly complete. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, you almost spat out your decaf on that one. <laughs> I, I almost, I, I almost showered the the screen in in decaf <laughs> coffee. So I already had my one cup of caffeine. So I got to be real careful this afternoon. And, and That's all you're allowed. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much all I'm allowed. Um, anything beyond that, I, I think most people with epilepsy tell you it's pretty dangerous to be drinking a lot of caffeine. That's that's mm. one of the things that they say, you know, be real careful with. Um, yeah. Yeah, too much caffeine could trigger something in, in some people. Is that, so. that kind of goes along with just a stress management in general, right? You don't want like spikes, Right. Exactly. You just don't want like a sudden change in, in how you're feeling. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, something that I'm learning uh, to do in this last three years is really pay attention to my mental health and my stress levels. I ignored them for so long mm -hmm. uh, that I don't have the kind of skills that um, that you want to be able to get through it. And people with epilepsy have to be that much more aware of how they're feeling and what they're doing and what yeah. they're putting inside their bodies. So yeah, um, one of the nice things about folk like you joining me is I can glean a little <laughs> bit of inspiration and knowledge and feedback from that. So I, I appreciate you. Thank you. Totally. I'm happy to be here. And you know, there's no one simple answer. That's the thing. It's, it's messy. This is messy work. And it is, it's different yes, for everyone. Yes. It's like cleaning out that basement that you haven't touched in 12 mm -hmm. years. That kind mm -hmm. of thing. It's like you I really don't want to do it, but you have to. <laughs> and you're going to feel so much better afterwards. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, you know, I, one of the reasons, a uh, big reason I asked you to join me uh, is that we're coming into the holiday season and the change of season. The fall is one of those times where the the stress levels, getting ready for winter, saying goodbye to to summer and fall, and a lot of people get that seasonal um, sadness kind of thing mm -hmm. going on, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then on top of that, coming into the holiday seasons, I found that my my mental and emotional health 
was always put to the test right around Thanksgiving and then again right around the Christmas time. Is this? It's, like, it's like a slingshot, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like we get kind of, well, we get an appetizer with Halloween and then we get like, we start to, we do it light with Thanksgiving, which I think I know so many people just so much prefer Thanksgiving because we don't have the commercialism, right? It's just right. a nice meal. Yeah. And granted it has a weighty past and some people choose not to recognize that. I completely respect that. For my family, it's just a nice meal and that's it. Um, and a couple of days off, but then there's this, this bubbling up of pressure then for four weeks later to pull off some miracles, let's just say. Oh, and yes. I think that pressure has just gotten more and more, at least for me, maybe it's just as I've gotten older and older, where, spoiler alert, like, I have to, I'm, I, you know, as a parent, you make Christmas, Christmas. Like it actually doesn't happen if you don't do it. Right, <laughs> right. As a kid, it just feels like it's just like, boing, boing, just like magically happening. And then also my husband's from Europe where, and he comes from a place where they, where Christmas is really just a, one of many religious holidays. It mm -hmm. does not have the significance that it does here. Um, New Year's, they celebrate New Year's in Eastern Europe, or they did, like we celebrate Christmas. So wow. I got, so then... <laughs> It's actually called a New Year's tree, not a Christmas tree. And they do New Year's gifts. So then I've got, <laughs> we, we, we tone it down. But like at the beginning, I was like, oh, do we have to like do this all again in a week? Um, so it's, it is a lot. And it's also great. I mean, it's just mixed with a lot of things, isn't it? And then there's like childhood memories and social pressure. Social, it's huge. Yeah. The yeah. social pressure is really huge. Um, and I don't know about you, but for me, you know, while the pandemic was scary and caused a lot of existential stuff and a lot of loss, you know, not only of people, but of things I wanted to do and how I wanted to raise my children, there was kind of this relief in not having to do things. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, and I got really used to that. It, um, my husband jokes that that the pandemic showed who the true introverts were and who was just faking it. Right. Um it's like, oh yeah, we're introverts. Like we could do this for a while. Um, and I think we, I really geared into that, like not having a lot of appointments, lots of long unstructured days. And this is an exciting time where there's a little more normalcy and we're going out and all of that really needs to happen. I'm already kind of sad about it. <laughs> like I already was like, oh no, are we going to like go back to a normal holiday season? Because I really kind of enjoyed it being more geared down the last few years. So for me, that's really there too. And I wonder if your listeners might jive with that too. It's a little bit like, <laughs> we're going right. back to it. At the same time, there's so much of that I love. And, um, you know, being an artist, there's so the, the just the aesthetics and the grandiosity of it all. It's special. It feels special, and it does. And I love that part too. Yeah, yeah. So, um, a lot. I I agree with you on a lot of this, and and you mentioned something um, regarding being a parent uh, during that time. The pressure is on for you to create this magical um, day for your kiddos. And especially after the pandemic, now the pressure is almost doubly so for you. Um, like you said, after after many unstructured days, after time alone, and and the bringing out of the introvert. Um, so I think I think shifting gears that intensely for mm -hmm. this year uh, is going to put a little extra 
on some people than it would. Now, those extroverts out there are probably doing cartwheels right now, like <laughs> planning the Christmas party. And finally, finally, <laughs> let's invite everybody over. Yeah. Um, yeah. We love you ext- extroverts. We do. We see you. <laughs> you don't have a microphone in front of your face right now. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, I'm still trying to figure out if I'm an extroverted introvert or an introverted extrovert because I love and cherish my my, my me time. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I need to be performing in one form or another, whether it's mm-hmm. the podcast, whether it's voice acting or whether it's being on stage again. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm, I'm kind of mixed about the well, whole thing. Well, I would thing. say that actually might not be a sign of extroversion. Because I think a lot of performers are introverts. Mm-hmm. And it's actually just, it's a way to actually have contact with people while actually still feeling very protected. So that's a whole line we could go down. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And, that, you know, I love how you said that because it's, it's, in my case, it's very true. Because when I'm in a crowd, I don't like to be in the crowd. I feel mm-hmm. much more safe if I'm on the stage because there's a yeah. barrier. And it's I actually can, really protective. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's why I was a good bartender too, because I bet you were. <laughs> yeah, having that bar gave me that protection and a sense of authority because con- if, yeah, there's control there. Yeah. yeah, if you're an asshole, you don't get my drinks. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, have yeah. to be nice to me, or at least at least polite. Um, yeah. So yeah, I like yeah. That. So anyway, I I don't know. I think. I was definitely, I was a really shy kid, only liked having a couple friends, always kind of felt like an outsider. Then I kind of got the performance bug. And I also, I think that started to apply to my social life. So I've talked to other people who feel like this too. Like I'm an introvert that learned to be an extrovert because it really worked. I got what I needed. And so I am kind of in between, but at my heart, I I really need to recharge alone. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and I've, you know, and introverts still value relationships. They still like people, usually. You yeah. know, just not the huge crowd. They don't need, like, that That big excitement taps us out, you know. Right, um, right. I mean, I get excited. I definitely feed the feed off the energy of people, and it gets a lot. It does get a lot for me. Because, and then you add to that, being a performative kind of person, which I think you and I are, we show up and put a lot of energy into that. So then it's like, it's kind of like a job, and it gets tiring. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm wrecked after I do MC work. And uh, yeah, I definitely need recharge time after that a day or two at yeah. least to just kind of sit around in my PJs and my slippers and, you know, not doing anything of any kind of productive nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of which, actually, I just got a call this morning from the event manager that I worked with over on the Western Slope. Mm-hmm. And there are upcoming events that she would really like me to MC, And the timing of this is phenomenal. Um, the first event is the day after Thanksgiving, and I don't think I'll be able to, to orchestrate it that quickly. But the other ones are going to be coming after Christmas. Um, and that's when I get my tune up. And if everything, oh, okay. yeah, and if everything goes well, and I haven't had any uh, breakthroughs, then I will be able to start driving again um, after December 21st. Now, I don't have a car. I sold my car three years ago, um, but I can drive again. So here is a really good silver lining of the pandemic being less of a 
issue and we're coming back into regular life is that Micah's getting MC work. That yes. means people are gathering and there's money in it. And that is great news. I love that. Good Thank for you. you. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, a little bit nervous to a degree, but more, more, more than that, I'm excited. And as you know, it gives me, <clears throat> it gives me a reason. It gives me purpose. And I mean, after I got that phone call, I was just, I smiled for the first time in like three, four days, you know, like a real genuine, wow, I can't help but not smile right now. Feels so good. Yeah. You know, there's I, a, a newer book by Brene Brown called Atlas of the Heart, just as we're kind of like threading some resources here. She really breaks down all of the different feelings and emotions we have into very like really defining, like what is disgust <laughs> and um what is envy and all that stuff. And um, she talks about that, that nervous and excitement are actually the same feeling that we interpret differently it is physiologically the same thing, right? It's, it's, right. it's our body saying high alert, high alert. <laughs> and then depending on your sort of cognition about the situation, you're going to interpret that as exciting or nervous, but it actually is the same experience. So that's kind of why we feel like both they're, they both, they exist together because it's actually the same thing. Okay. Okay. That would make sense to me, you know? Yeah, um, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a twist. It's, it's very analogous to that old, um, that old saying, saying that there's a thin line between love and hate in a way. I mean, that not maybe that's probably passion, a bad analogy. Passion. Yeah. Passion. Right. <laughs> there's that passion because hate only comes from feeling something intensely, you know? I mean, I I think I think the opposite of something like love or hate is indifference. Mm -hmm. Indifference and and somebody feeling indifferent toward me probably would hurt more than someone Doesn't hating me. Because actually, we're all running around with our little hooks. We want to attach, 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 attach. attach, attach, attach. attach. That's that's what the love and the hate are. It's like we just want to attach to each other. I like other. that. I like <clears throat> that. Um. One of the things for me right now is, and I this, and this kind of goes back to the holiday thing and the nervousness and the excitement. Mm -hmm. You know, Thanksgiving had always been something where I'm really I'm excited to see family, I'm excited to see cousins and things like that. And now, though, after I after I lost everything, there's part of me that's having a hard time with it. It's like, mm -hmm. do I want to see the particular people? that I feel might be judged or might judge me or think less of me because is it kind of like, Oh, I got to tell the story again, again and again. Yeah. 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 You see that it's, it, it's not so much like I, I worry about somebody like bereaving or, or berating me, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I, I feel like I don't necessarily want to answer all the questions again, mm -hmm. I don't want the per perception of people pitying me. Yeah, because because I get the feeling sometimes that people are like talking or oh, isn't it sad or you know or that that talk behind your back kind of thing or over in the corner. Is and, it sort of like like think of feeling that people are going to really focus on your your diagnosis, your medical condition, and not on you as a person? Right. Is there a little of that? Yeah. Right. I, I think what happens, it's kind of like I was just talking with someone who was sort of struggling with a, a, a friend had died and she was feeling awkward about how to talk to that friend's children. 
right? Oh. And sort of the awkwardness, right? right? Do I talk about it or don't I? And and I think we are, we're so kind of like, I don't want to hurt the person, but I want them to know that I know, because then I would feel like a jerk if I didn't acknowledge it, <laughs> you know, and this whole thing. And especially things like epilepsy, which isn't talked about a lot. And especially with, with your family, you know, they knew you for a long stretch where this wasn't an issue. And now it is in a very serious one with your hospitalizations. And they're kind of struggling with this awkwardness. Like they want to do the right thing. And I think it's, I think you can A, address maybe the awkwardness. Like, hey, I'm going to answer one question about my epilepsy. Then we're going to get on to something else. Or, you know, like, I think we can find some kind of humorous ways to acknowledge like, hey, everyone wants to talk about it. I don't want it to be the only thing. And, you know, and then get into the, this kind of the, the nugget, the existential thing of just connection. And you know what? And if you're feeling like it's awkward, they're asking you things, the best way to do it is just start asking them things. Make it not about you. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, you know what? That's enough. You know, like that was your Halloween or whatever. And I think people usually get the hint like, ah, okay, we're not talking about this anymore. That's okay. I think they want to know where they are with you. So you can kind of tell them, we're good. If if you are, you know, we're good. You get one question (laughs) or however it is. I don't know. Those are just some of the ideas off the top of my head. Because I think it can be. It can be awkward. And also people care about you. You know, they're also asking because they're curious and they want to know. And they might want to know, what if you have a seizure here at Thanksgiving? What do we do? If If that's a thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, you know, and I wanted to get into the subject of of how to handle holidays to maintain the optimal mental and emotional health. And you just, you really uh, started off with a great idea of, you know, keeping it light when those awkward moments come up to remind yourself that these are people that love you and care and they're they just want to know and they want to connect. Uh, kind of yeah. like you were saying about your friend who, um, you know, wondering how to approach the children. And on both sides, there's just a connection, an urge to connect. And um, the epilepsy support group, when we were going through some refresher training, this is this is a great, great way to put it, is assume positive intent. When you're in these kind of situations, assume positive intent, intent, unless, of course, they obviously are making it not. But there's always a chance for miscommunication or taking things the wrong way because you're not in a great place that day. So I like what you were talking about. And and the reason you assume positive intent is because these people, most of the time family members or dear friends, um, they honestly just want the best for you. Yeah. 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 Yeah, They do. And if there's been a, if there's been a change, they just want to know, like, what do I need to know about this? Or, you know, is there a risk right now? Because actually like we're all assessing risk also all the time. And Mm -hmm. sometimes I, this is just my personal belief. This is what I see when there's a health issue with someone around us. The reason why we want to kind of know everything (laughs) is actually we have this sort of primitive need to, to know because we're also protecting ourselves. Like, is this something that's going to threaten me? Okay. Um, 
And I, I think that's the knee-jerk reaction. Like that's why it's the impulse, even though obviously people know you can't like <laughs> epilepsy isn't contagious. We all know that. And that's not what I'm saying. But I think that's the reason why people really pry about medical stuff is because like, wait, there's a little part of our brain that's like, is this a threat to me? And that's why they want to know. And and I think, yeah, absolutely. That connection, they 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 really they care about your experience and they want to know. And they also feel like they'd be a jerk if they didn't bring it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I know what you mean there. Um, that's a great point. That's a great point. What else can we do? Because like you said, it, it is kind of a wind up. You're absolutely right about that, where <laughs> Thanksgiving's kind of the chill. We eat, we get tryptophan, we watch the <laughs> Detroit Lions get destroyed by somebody. And uh, so it's it's many times it's not as intense of, of a moment. Um, mm-hmm. It, it, you know, and that it all depends on the family dynamic, of course. Totally. Yeah. yeah. But Christmas time gets people pretty hard. And mm-hmm. oh, hold on. Bandsaw. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes my family forgets that this is not a soundproof room. <laughs> <laughs> did he cut the internet line? <laughs> that Maybe minute? he did. <laughs> yeah. This might be why I'm not. <clears throat> oh, God. That's so funny. Um, now, now yeah, folks- so about just sort of like even that intense month between Thanksgiving and Christmas. So I'll, I'll say I do think it's different for everyone. I have a couple. I have a couple little tricks before we just get into like mental health. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is one thing that has really helped me just as like a family person. Is as things kind of go. Say that I'm crazy or call it a pitfall. I'll win a game of bloody knuckles hitting a brick wall. It's pinball hitting the limit to smash that glass. Take a minute to sit in the whip and then I'm gonna mash on gas. Cause I'll be crashing that impasse with that ass syntax. Skinny motherfucker off a bucket of slim fast. You ever had a grand mal seizure in gym class? I'd whiplash back when life was dishing out pimp slaps. We're fed up and we've all been better, but I'm set to step up, never let up. Cause the fall is just a setup now to get up. Regret will never get the better of me with the sawed off when I'm having trouble talking. Someone knocks my writer's block off And if my eyes glaze my